Across the Line podcast. I'm Carlos Smith, and right now I have another special guest. Um, he is a professional basketball player, uh, former Clemson Tiger as well. And right now I'm sitting with Trevor Book. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I know you kind of crunched on time, but I really thank you for sitting down with me. Yeah, for um, sure. This is another year that you've been doing your um, event down here uh, mm-hmm. for the children's camp. Uh, what makes this important for you? Um, I mean, it's very important just to, you know, come back and uh, do what I can for the community. Uh, you know, the kids, they, I see a big smile, you know, when I, when I walk in. So I love seeing that, um, you know, at the same time I can come in and, and teach them a, a few pointers, you know, uh, growing up, I always wish that, you know, I could meet this celebrity, that celebrity. Right. So for, for me to come back in town and, you know, give them that, um, you know, it's, it's amazing. What's the message that you try to reach out, give to the kids um, when you come out here every year and even other places when you do your different charity events? Whatever. What's the message that you try to give to the youth? I want to do my basketball camp. I think the biggest thing that I try to uh, instill in the kids is, you know, just make them realize that not many people, um, you know, go pro. I know all right. of them have dreams of, you know, being a professional athlete. Um, mm-hmm. But I try to, you know, get them to look at it realistically. Um, if you look at the numbers, uh, probably no no kids from my camp, you know, I'll make it pro. Right. Uh, it's just the reality. But if you, you know, if you love the sport, you know, as much as you do, and then, you know, it's, it's other avenues that you can go into, other jobs, you know, in, mm-hmm. the, in the sports industry that you can get into and, you know, and still remain around the game. Right. And I also see that you do things like you have your own pub, private schools that you invest in, yep. things like that. So you try to instill those kind of things, positive things into the kids when you go to um, with your schools as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. So um, just me being an entrepreneur, you know, I would love to see, you know, a lot of other kids, uh, you know, get started early. Um, just being an entrepreneur, uh, I just think it's something that's great. You know, growing up, I, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. Right. Um, I, I, it wasn't, you know, many resources, you know, where I was. Um, really wasn't familiar with the entrepreneur. But I, as I, you know, branched out to different places, going to college, um, you just learn so much more and, and realize that it's, you know, a lot of opportunity out there. And I'm hoping, you know, that these kids can do the same thing. Hey, speaking of entrepreneur, I see that you have a, a capital firm. Mm-hmm. Um, you real estate, you invested in the soccer team as well. Yeah. But um, talk a little bit about the uh, capital firm, if you can. It's expand on a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I own a, a venture capital firm with my with my best friend, uh, Jonah Bays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the firm is JB Fitzgerald. Um, we, we raise money uh, from outside people, uh, from our network, uh, to invest in you know different deals that we have come across the right. table. Um, you know, through our network, we have, you know, a lot of startups that come across the table, um, a lot of companies that are already functioning. So we, we raise capital for, uh, cap- capital for those mm-hmm. companies and, you know, some of our companies, um, you know, to invest in. Is it kind of similar to like Shark Tank where they bring offers to the table and you kind of yeah, figure sure. something, something yeah, similar? Yeah, it's very similar. Um, you know, we, we raise the money, you know, for those companies. We invest in it. We go through the terms and whatnot. Um, it's a whole little process that you go through. So how, how, how do you know what's a good investment and a bad investment? Well, I have a whole team, you know, behind me, um, you know, that looks at every deal. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, they 
go through the numbers, the projections. Um, they they analyze the risk, all of that. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of NBA players they invest in things, but they don't have you know the team behind them like I do. Right. Like I'm I'm a serial entrepreneur, so and I have you know goals where I want to want to you know meet you know. Um, my, my ultimate goal is to become a, a billionaire. And I think, you know, to to get to that point, I have to have the right team behind me, a team mm-hmm. that I trust. And, you know, and we got to take it seriously. And, you know, we're, we're on the right track right now. Have you come across an investment that kind of looked good on paper, but then when you went into it, it didn't turn out as you thought it would? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a, um, a deal that, you know, looked pretty good. Um, you know, it, I, so I invested in it. I didn't invest, you know, much, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't come to fruition like um, we thought it would. Um, but, you know, being in venture capital, that's, you know, the risks that you take. You know, most of the deals that you come across are probably, you know, not going to turn out the way that you thought. Right. Um, but you can, you know, invest in one thing and, you know, that make up for everything plus more. Um, so you, you just got to before you, you know, get into it, you got to know the industry and, and know what you're getting yourself into. And I think with uh, investing in something, I think people just looking at it on the outside, it's like you have to kind of be patient with it because I, I listened to you on Dr. J's podcast. Yeah. And he was talking about how his buddy came to him with a, a proposition years later. And I think he said he gave him five hundred thousand, and then years later he turned in. I think he flipped it to like fifteen. Yeah. So like when you're investing in something, is kind of like you have to be patient. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, when you invest in some into something, you can't expect your money back, you know, right away. Right. You know, even if it's you know real estate, that's gonna take some time. You know, it's gonna appreciate unless you just try to sell it right back um, off the bat. Um, but most of the time, you know, it's going to take years for right. you to, you know, see a return on your investment. Uh, so that's one of the things that you got to realize coming into the game. Uh, it's not you're not going to see money, you know, right away. Right. Uh, sometimes you can have a, a exit, and um, you know, a company might sell two or three years down the road, and you might get your money back plus more. Um, but most of the time, it's going to take a little bit longer than that. Yeah, I saw with LeBron where they put the story out maybe like a month ago where he invested in Liverpool. Yeah. I think he put it at six and a half million and flipped it to like 32. Yeah. So that was like a great investment. But what would you say for the average person who works a nine to five, what would you say would be a good investment for them? Um, you know, I would think an IRA, uh, just put money in, you know, every year, um, you know, maybe a couple of thousand. Mm-hmm. And when you get around probably like 50 or 60 or so, you, you should have a couple of million saved up in that RA. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, you know, keep uh, growing over time. Uh, so I would think, you know, that would be a, a pretty good investment. Also, you know, real estate, if you can afford it, you know, get into some real estate. Um, if you know you're going to be in a, in a, a location, you know, long term, um, it's, it's better if you can buy your uh your house or your apartment or whatever you you're living in, it's better if you can buy that instead of renting. You know, right. you'll save money and you can sell it off in the future if you want to. Is it hard for you being a professional athlete to be an entrepreneur and and also be be a professional athlete because you know you're on the road so much and you can only do so much? Is that hard trying to balance both of them? Um, it's not hard because I have you know a great team behind me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my my best friend is my business partner. So he runs everything on a day-to-day basis. 
Um, and he does a great job. Um, you know, we have a, a whole, we have like a hundred people working for us. Um, so he does a great job of updating me on everything and, you know, just making my life easier. So that part, I mean, that part, the entrepreneur part, you know, he's mostly doing the stressing than right. I am. Also, another thing that you said on the podcast was that you don't necessarily have mentors. You kind of take bits and pieces from people and um, just kind of add it to your craft. Mm-hmm. But was there anybody when you came into the league that kind of took you under their wing? Um, I'll say Josh Howard. You know, he, he did a great job of, you know, being my veteran, um, you know, helping me through, you know, I guess my rookie year. Right. Um, you know, he was a, he was a great veteran. Uh, whatever I needed, you know, he helped me with it. He gave me a lot of advice. Um, so if I had to, you know, pick somebody out, I had to say Josh Howard. Did you um, feel the pressure to, you know, kind of live up to what other athletes were doing with financially? Because, you know, a lot of guys like the floss and everything. Did you feel that kind of need or like pressure to kind of live up to your means or above your means or something like some athletes do? Um, you know, not really. I've always been, you know, pretty frugal with my money. Um, you know, my rookie year, of course, I was a lot different than I am now. Um, I think I, you know, now I'm just a lot more wiser. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my rookie year, you know, of course, I wanted the chain and, you know, the jury and all that. But, I mean, I was smart with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, most of it was fake. Um, so yeah but I you know everybody wanted to be you know flashy coming into the league um but I tried to do it in a smart way you know where you know it was fake I I didn't have you know those fancy cars right uh because you know I didn't know how long I was gonna stay in the league um you know I was confident in myself but at the same time you just never know an injury or something might happen um you know but now looking back on it you know um, I'm, I'm way different. Mm-hmm. You know, I wear suits to the game. I'm just a, you know, a different person. And I think just um, that's something that you have to go through, uh, just just growing as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, you know, my rookie year, just thinking about, you know, how much I've grown, it, it's crazy. And I think that's what, you know, uh, everybody should do, just keep growing, you know, every day. Um, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, when we come into the league and get some money that we change, um, I mean, you're supposed to change, you know, right. you can change for the better. I mean, if you, if you stand the same, then, you know, something is wrong. Right. I read um, Jay Williams' book, Life is Not Accident, and he was saying that when he came in, how guys would, like, during a shoot-around, just crazy stuff, they would make bets on shoot-around or yeah. rock, paper, scissors. Uh, he even went in-depth on a story about how on a flight from Cleveland to Indiana somewhere where he was in the whole um, – against Jamal Crawford on the plane, just been like $50,000 in the hole in like mm-hmm. less than an hour. Is this some of the stuff that you try to stay away from? Oh, uh, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's always fun, you know, you got a couple of dollars, so you, you gamble here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, on the plane rides, we, we play cards. Um, and, you know, like last year, you know, we played, we played um, blackjack on the plane, play for a couple of dollars. Uh, but I try to stay away from the, you know, you know the big bets because mm-hmm. um, I don't like to, you know, I'd rather, you know, invest my money than, you know, right. than gamble like that. Um, so I try to stay away from that. But at the same time, it is fun, you know, to make, you know, a couple of small bets, whether it's uh, shooting or playing cards. All right. Do you um try to give the younger guys advice? I mean, you're still young yourself, mm-hmm. but do you still try to, like, 
younger guys come to you and ask you for financial advice? Do you try to get them any kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. Tips? You know, I have, you know, a lot of the younger players come to me, you know, all the time, you know, asking me for advice on certain things. Um, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's financial advice, whether they should buy this or buy that. Um, you know, it, it makes me feel great, actually, you know, that they would come to me and, and ask for my advice um, that lets me know that they're paying attention, you know, to what I'm doing. So it feels pretty good um, just to, you know, help the younger players out. What's the biggest misperception that you think people have of athletes, professional athletes? Um, that they can only play ball, that they're dumb. Uh, you know, I like to uh, put my opinion out on Twitter on, you know, different social topics. And, you know, some some people reply and say, you know, stick to sports. Um, we don't want to hear your opinion. Right. You know, but they're, you know, on on Twitter all day, you know, giving their opinion. And but they're not just sticking to their job. So, exactly. you know, why can't, you know, athletes, you know, use their platform to, you know, share their opinion or, or make change. Um, you know, that's something that really bothers me. But then I think about it, you know, those people are just really ignorant. Exactly. And I, I love when, when I see you guys engaged because it makes us feel like they that you you care and people need to realize that you guys are human like any anybody else. Yeah. And I remember my uh this was my senior year at Upstate when I finally got my first intern. So I was covering the Hornets. Mm -hmm. So we would go into the locker rooms and they would just just to hear the guys in the locker room. They just talk about actual things like TV shows. So like people yeah. don't realize that you're human like just like everybody else. I just yeah, think exactly. they they just feel like that's all you guys know like you were saying. Yeah. But um. Something that really um, stuck out was actually last week. Um, since we talked about it, what was your opinion on the Sterling Brown situation for um, Milwaukee? Oh, yeah. Wow. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from my understanding, Milwaukee is, is known to be a little racist. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I saw that video, my mind was like, wow, it's true. Um, but that's just one incident. Uh, so you can't, you know, necessarily put say that, you know, everybody's up there, everybody up there is racist just because of that one right. incident. Uh, but, you know, after watching that video, you know, that cop, I would particularly, I would definitely say, you know, he he's racist. Um, mm -hmm. It was totally uncalled for. Uh, he was complying. Um, I just, you know, hope to see um, justice served. Mm -hmm. And I know the Milwaukee uh, Bucks are totally behind Sterling. And so is the rest of the NBA. And that's one of the things I like about the NBA because it feels like it's more of a partnership of the, unlike the NFL. Because it seems like the NFL, they try to lay the hand down. Just like the rule and what they did was they want to make the athletes yeah. stand up for the flag. And it's almost like the NBA doesn't do that. It's, it's like they try to work with you guys and help solve yeah. different issues in the community as well. Yeah, uh, that's one thing I love about it, the NBA. Um, you know, they, they're, you know... A multi-billion-dollar uh, business. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, usually with the business like the NFL, they're going to try to do anything to you know keep their fan base and you know and, and please the owners mm -hmm. um, on the business side. But the NBA, you know, they actually care and they you know they work with the players you know on social issues. If, if the players you know want to make a stamp or something, they're going to you know try to help us with it. You know, the NFL. It's a shame, you know, what they're doing. Right. Um, you know, NBA is, is totally different. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, the players love the NBA so much. Right. Um, 
I mean, it's just a shame what the NFL is doing. And I think the players just need to take a stand for it. Exactly. I hope they end up doing something. But, you know, it's it's, kind of, it's hard for us as a society to take try to tell you guys what to do because it is your money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's not us in that situation. It's hard to say when you have a family to feed. Yeah, exactly. But – at the same time, it's like you almost have to stand up for something because it's like the NF- they're showing you that they really don't care about the things that affects your community. Exactly. I mean, if you look at it, if the NFL, you know, really cared, um, they would say, you know, I want you to, you know, stand for the national anthem, but I'm going to, you know, you know, help you do this, help you do that. I'm going to, you know, find ways to help you, but just do me this favor, stand for the national anthem. And I promise you, you know, I'll help you. Um, you know, help us with social change, but they're doing nothing. You know, they're just saying, you know, stand for the national anthem where you're going to be punished. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's really a joke and it's sad. Um, but, you know, like you said, you're looking at the players in the NFL, you know, some of them, you know, they, they need their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard for them to, you know, really stand up and fight because they might be put out of the NFL. Um, I mean, it's going to have to come from, you know, the top, uh, the top players. They're going to have to, you know, make a stand and, and, and push for something because uh, it's harder for the, you know, the players that make less to, you know, really make a stand. Do you feel like maybe more of the top, the elite white athletes need to, to take a stand? Because, of course, with like Colin Kaepernick, and the big name black athletes, but like a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, or mm-hmm. J.J. Watt. Do you think it will make more of a change if those guys step, stepped up to the plate? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think it'll it'll make a you know a huge different difference if they if they stepped up. Um, but I'm not sure if they you know you know thinking about their fan base or they really don't see a problem. You know, um, so I'm not sure you know why nobody is stepping up. Um, so I can't really speak for them. Do you feel like maybe at times? Society relies too much on athletes to do too much. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Honestly, I think they give us that spotlight, um, and I think you know we should take advantage of it. I don't think they rely on us, um, you know, too much. Uh, maybe some people do, but I really don't. Because it, it seems like at times, you know, we say, "Well, you guys have this the, the money and the platform. We want you to just do something." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's like. It, it comes down to us doing things as well. Yeah. And I think it starts with just having that conversation, but it seems like... I think a lot of people just don't know, you know, what to do. So they look at, you know, celebrity figures to, you know, see what they're doing and see what they would do mm-hmm. and, you know, and try to follow suit. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people just look at athletes and other celebrities. Right. Um, let's switch to something else real quick. I, I know you got to go. Mm-hmm. Um this is your eighth season in the, in the league, right? Yep. So how was this season compared to the ones in the past for you? Um, pretty difficult. Um, it, was, it was definitely different. Uh, you know, before this season, I had never been traded. So it was my first year being traded. And I, I was bought out. So I was on three different teams in one season. So it was definitely something, something new for me. And I had uh, – like I said, I had never been traded, so it's something uh, different when I got traded. Um, but overall, it was a great experience. I know what um, when I spoke with Ben Hall, uh, he played ball at Clemson, then he went on to play a little professional ball. He said for him, 
the most stressful thing was not knowing because you would come in one day and you and your friends would be there and the mm -hmm. next the next day you come in they're gone yeah. so for you what what would kind of be, if there is anything what would you say was kind of like stressful about um well it was a you know a couple of different factors um you know getting you know close to teammates and then having to leave them mm -hmm. um but you know coming into the NBA you you realize that um you know it's it's a chance that you can get traded every year um so you just got to come in knowing that and another thing you know I have a a family four kids and a wife so you know they go wherever I go and to move three times in one season you know it would have been tough so I just moved them one time they came down to Philly with me and then uh stayed in Philly to, to finish the school year when I went to Indiana so it's a couple of key factors that you know that that makes it tough and then you know also learning new systems um building that chemistry with new teammates in the middle of the season um it's tough um, but it's definitely an experience, you know, that I wouldn't change. I know for you, you have a lot of responsibility um, feeding the family and and running your businesses. Well, who do you, who is it? Because I, and I know people come to you a lot of times with their problems. They may ask you for things, mm -hmm. but who do you go to to kind of like talk to? Because everybody needs somebody to talk to, maybe just clear their mind. Who is that person for you to go to person? Um, I just try to, you know, talk to myself within. I do a lot of talking amongst myself, like in my head, try to work out problems. Um, you know, sometimes I talk to my best friend, Jonah, and my wife, April. Um, you know, I talk to my mom. Um, but most of the time, it really comes from within. Okay. Uh, I know we got to go. Let's kind of wrap it up a little bit. I know you probably watched the game last night. If you did, um, yeah. what, was your, what would you say would your, be your finals prediction first? Um, before the series, I said Warriors in six, and I still think Warriors in six, uh, even though Cleveland had a, a great shot to win the game last night. Yeah, I thought that they – well, I said Golden State in five games, but I thought Cleveland, the way that game was looking for them, they should have stolen it. I think the next game they're probably going to get annihilated by Golden State. Yeah, I think so too. What, what do you think makes Golden State so good, though? Uh, I think the biggest thing is their shooters. Uh, we've never seen shooters like them. They have, you know, argu arguably the two best shooters ever in Clay and Steph. And then they, you know, do a great job of moving the ball. And then you, you add, you know, Kevin Durant to the mix, um, you know, one of the best scorers ever. Right. You know, it just makes the team, you know, so tough. If LeBron finds a way, because this, this has been a talk, if he finds a way to knock off Golden State, mm -hmm. what do you think this does for his legacy? Or where it ranks him? I mean, honestly, I already think he's the best of all time. Really? Yeah. Uh, just what he's done this season. A couple of years ago, I would have said, you know, Jordan was still at the top. Um, but I think this year he surpassed, you know, Jordan, um, of the greatest of all time. Uh, so when I lose this series, I still, you know, have him at the top of my list. Call me crazy, but I think um, when I was looking at it, I, for me, I said if he can find a way to knock off Golden State, then I will put him ahead of Kobe. Because I think it's close right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe if he doesn't win another one, but he still continues to do the thing that he does, mm -hmm. then maybe I'll give him that edge over Kobe. But to me, I just feel like if he goes down again, a six, even though getting to the finals eight straight years is amazing, mm -hmm. just being three and six in the finals, it's kind of like a stain on his resume. Mm -hmm. So but so do you think that's kind of fair to him? or? Um, not really. I mean, you can look at it different ways. You know, mm -hmm. you could say, you know, he's coming out of the East. The East, it, the East is always easy. 
And, you know, Kobe was coming out of the West, the tough-ass mm-hmm. West. Um, so it's different ways to look at it. Um, I mean, it would be interesting to see if he had played in the West, you know, all of these years. Um, I mean, but he's been in the East, so you, you can't really, you know, say that. I'm just looking at, you know, play. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the way he plays the game, how it makes everybody around him better. And, you know, every year, you know, when he came in, they had they, they tried to find some kind of knock on his game. Right. And then the next year he would, you know, prove that he can do that. You know, it used to be his jump shot. Now he's knocking it down, you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, he's just improved on every asset of his game. And, you know, to me, he's just the best to ever do it. Because yeah, he's to me, I, I'll never take anything away from him. He's still he's still all time great. I mean, you can't knock him for that. Mm-hmm. And just the things that he did last night just showed that he's the best player in the league right now. Yeah. It's just like. I don't even know what else he could do to win this series because, I mean, he had him on the ropes. But yeah. it was just some things that happened. JR. Yeah. And that was that was a crazy play. Yeah. I, I just don't know what else he can do. I just yeah. feel like they just – that was that moment to steal a game and gain some momentum. Now I think yeah. it's, it's, it might get ugly for him. But, but it's crazy that we're talking – like we're having this debate about him and MJ – now that I mean, he's still playing the game. Right. He's, he's still playing. So to have that debate now, while he's still playing, that tells you that you know he's right there with MJ, and he still has you know a few more years to to play. Mm-hmm. So you know he he's definitely. I mean, he's definitely up there. He, right he's now. He's up there. Yeah. You can't take anything away from him. And I think this, if he can find a way to pull this off, that would be a signature win yeah. for his career. But going forward, um, you you think he'll stay in Cleveland? I think he's going to leave. Um, I think he's going to find some kind of excuse to leave. Um, I mean, I, I think he wanted to come back in and get them a championship. Um, but I think, you know, this summer he's going to, you know, try to go somewhere else to to find a place to uh, win championships. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be well calculated because LeBron is a smart guy. He sees that Philly is coming. Mm-hmm. Boston is coming. Yeah. Um, I, I just think he's well calculated. For me, call me crazy. I just felt like when that story came out last year about how he wanted, he wouldn't mind playing with Melo and D Wade, the banana boat game. Yeah, I thought maybe he would try to get with those guys before they all hang it up. But, yeah, but I, I still think it's some kind of way he's seeing what's going on around the league that he, if it'll be a miracle, I think if he ends up back in Cleveland again. Yeah, for sure. I, I could see him going to Houston or either Philly. Um, I mean, I think Boston would make a, a nice run at him. With Kyrie? Um, Even with I Kyrie? think they would get rid of Kyrie for him. Really? Yeah. I mean, the way with, the way uh, Terry Rozier is, you know, progressing, mm-hmm. uh, it, it wouldn't be a bad move. Um, Plus another know. knee injury, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, honestly, I would do it. I mean, you that's, can get something pretty nice for Kyrie. Yeah, that would so, be interesting. Yeah. All right. For you, I know. So you'll be back on the market again this year, right? Yeah. Are you um, aware? Are you where? What is for you? I want to ask you this first of all. Do you feel like guys nowadays get a bad rap because it's like, well, if you stay here, you're doing it for the money. But like, if you do what KD did, you just ring chase. Do you feel like you guys get a bad rap for that? Um, I think guys should go wherever they want to. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be traded anytime they want to. And, you know, um, and they, you know, the, the GM doesn't, you know, take any any heat for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just say it's business. Uh, so I think, guys, if, if you want to go to Golden State um, and play with, you know, 
to the best shooters of all time, do it. Do whatever makes you happy. Or you can't do, you know, whatever makes make the fans happy. Because right. at the end of the day, it's, it's about you and, and, and your happiness, uh, you know. So forget the fans, just do you. For you, um, when you weigh your options this year, what, do you feel like it's – because you still have a lot of basketball left to play. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like you're going to look at uh, – Winning situation, or would you go ahead and just take the money? Which one? Um, definitely both of them are a factor. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say I'm just going, you know, take a, a big pay cut to go win. Right. I, I wouldn't do that. You know, I want I want to win, and I want you know, uh, I want my worth. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna look at both of those options. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, one more question. Um, for you, I I know you said it on Dr. J's podcast. You said that. Your ultimate goal was to be a billionaire. Is there anything else that you want to achieve? Um, right now, that's my only goal. Um, and you know, when I become a billionaire, I want to, you know, just do so much for the community, uh, provide resources, you know, for different parts of the community, and you know, just try to change, um, you know, just change things. Okay, Trevor, I appreciate you, man. I know you got to go. Um, thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank yeah. you for sitting down with me. Um, do you have any kind of social media or any advice you want to give to people watching? Um, I mean, if they want to, they can follow me at 35 underscore uh, Fitz, F-I-T-Z, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, just learn a little bit more about me. One more note. Um, like I was saying earlier about internship, your companies or businesses, I want to just make let everybody know, do you, all, do you guys try to offer internships for younger kids or kids yep. in college coming up? Yeah, we have um, probably about... Um, 10 to 15 interns working for us right now. Um, usually they come, you know, right out of college or looking for jobs. So we just try to provide, you know, the internship for them, give them some experience and, mm -hmm. and let them, you know, move up. All right. Well, thank you. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. This has been the Cross Line Podcast. Trevor, thank you again. Thank you. All right. You guys have a good one.